Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork. For today's episode, I will be sharing an excerpt from one of my books called You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. With all the disturbing current events we're facing, people all around the world are experiencing overwhelmingly high levels of stress right now. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems. You Got This is a thoroughly researched, easy-to-read, well-designed action plan to calm feelings of fear, anxiety, worry, and stress with a wide variety of proven cognitive behavioral therapy techniques that empower people to regain a sense of peace and control in their lives. You Got This will show you how to decrease stressors, increase coping skills, increase confidence, increase resilience, and find solutions to your problems. The book is available in paperback and ebook formats on Amazon. Today's excerpt highlights one of the many tools shared in the book. These tools are part of the section of the book called Daily Action Steps. If we want to make positive changes in our lives, then learning new information simply isn't enough. Change requires action. I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but there is no other way. However, it doesn't have to be hard, overwhelming, or take a lot of time. Rather than expecting someone to completely overhaul their lives overnight, these action steps are broken down into small, bite-sized pieces that are simple and short so that they can be completed by real people who are living real lives. It's going to be okay. You got this. The tool for today is to learn about and understand the differences between perfectionism and striving for excellence. The action step for today is designed to increase awareness by filling out a chart that lists evidence for and evidence against perfectionistic tendencies. One of the cognitive distortions that we talked about previously is so prevalent and complicated that it deserves further discussion. The idea of black and white thinking or all or none thinking also goes by another name. It is called perfectionism. Perfectionism is not the same thing as striving for excellence or striving for perfection. Striving for excellence has high expectations and includes a pattern of trying, making mistakes, and trying again. Each day we do our best, and as we continue to do our best, our best gradually becomes better. Striving for excellence is not stagnant. It involves movement and progression in a positive direction. It is based on a foundation of confidence, courage, hope, hard work, and patience. Perfectionism, on the other hand, is a counterfeit to striving for excellence. And, like most counterfeits, it looks enough like the real thing to confuse some people. Perfectionism also has high expectations. But there are only two options, perfection, meaning being without flaw, or failure. Every day 
and in every circumstance we must be without flaw. If we make a mistake in any way, then we have failed. Perfectionism is not interested in progression. It's more about arriving and staying in one place. It's about trying to reach a perfect spot and then holding that position. Perfectionism relies on self and is based on a foundation of pride, self-doubt, and fear. There is fear of failure, fear of what other people will think, and fear of not being good enough. Perfectionism can lead to several limiting actions. First of all, perfectionism can block us from acting and moving forward. We want to be perfect, which means we can't make a mistake. So we want to know everything and understand everything before we act. But it's pretty hard to really know everything and understand everything. So we shut down and don't start at all. I don't think I can do it perfectly, so why try? Or I know I'm just going to fail, so why try? It's much safer to stay here. Remember, perfectionism believes perfection is a place, like a magic circle, and we don't want to risk doing anything where we might step outside of the circle. Sometimes perfectionism shows itself in giving up. We try and then fail, so we quit. If we can't do it right the first time, then we certainly don't want to try it again. Perfectionism can also lead to being critical and judgmental. This can come from two different sources. On the one hand, if I'm feeling like I'm not as good as someone else, I may want to justify myself by searching for ways to tear other people down so that they're not above me. If I'm not perfect, then you can't be perfect either. This is like the crab in the pot analogy. You may have heard that if you put one crab in a pot, the crab can climb out of the pot and get away. But if you put two crabs in a pot, then neither of them can get away. Because if one starts to climb, then the other will pull him back. So if we're being like a crab in a pot and we're feeling jealous of someone else, then the natural response is to be critical and judgmental about that person so that, at least in our minds, they're still on the same level that we are. There's another direction that perfectionism can lead to being critical and judgmental, and that is when we think that we are better than someone else. Because of our superior position, we get to point out everybody else's flaws so that they can fix them. Just FYI, nobody likes or appreciates that. But, nevertheless, some people feel very justified in their criticism and judgment. They sincerely believe that they're doing people a favor by criticizing and judging other people's flaws. This goes back to a basic premise of perfectionism, which is relying on yourself. People who are following the method of perfectionism believe it's my job to be perfect and it's my job to perfect those around me. Whether a person is critical and judgmental of someone they think is better than them 
or someone they think is worse than them, a key factor in the process is comparing. Perfectionism naturally leads to social comparison. In 1954, psychologist Leon Festinger proposed the social comparison theory, which studies this tendency to compare ourselves with others and seeks to find some answers as to why we do it. He concluded that humans have an innate drive to evaluate our opinions and our abilities and also a drive to improve our abilities. If we don't have an objective means to evaluate those things, then we compare them with other people's abilities and opinions. Perfection is an objective way to evaluate our abilities. Either something is perfect or it's not. It either has flaws or it doesn't. Perfectionists try to measure themselves against that measuring stick, But the truth is that no one can actually do it. We all make mistakes. But perfectionists are desperate to evaluate their abilities. So they turn to the next best alternative, which is to compare them with other people's abilities. In general, there are two kinds of social comparison. Upward social comparison and downward social comparison. Upward social comparison is when we compare ourselves with those who we believe are better than us. And downward social comparison is when we compare ourselves with those who we believe are worse off than ourselves. This idea of comparing ourselves to other people, whether we believe they are above us or below us, comes very naturally. But does it help us or hurt us? My answer is... It depends. It depends on why we're comparing ourselves in the first place. Are we comparing to objectively evaluate our abilities, or are we comparing to determine our value and our worth? Let me explain a little about how those are different. If we're comparing ourselves with other people for self-evaluation and growth, it's about asking questions like, how am I doing? And, is there something I can learn or do better from watching what other people are doing? If these are the questions for comparing ourselves with other people, then yes, comparing can be a good thing. It can help make us better. This sounds a lot like striving for excellence. It involves movement and progression in a positive direction. But typically, that is not what a perfectionist is looking for. Perfectionists are more interested in reaching a perfect spot and then holding that position. That sounds a lot more like the other reason for social comparison, and that is comparing ourselves to others in order to determine our self-worth and, particularly, to boost our self-esteem. In other words, we're really looking for evidence to prove that we're good enough. When comparing upward, a person who is striving for excellence might see someone else's success and think, oh, that's cool, how can I do that? They might follow their example or even ask that person to mentor them so that they can learn more. They use upward comparisons to improve their current level of ability. 
On the other hand, a person who uses social comparison to evaluate or enhance their own self-worth feels dissatisfaction, anger, jealousy, envy, personal failure, justification, blame, and or resentment when they see someone that they think is better than them. When comparing downward, a person who is striving for excellence might see someone they feel is worse off than they are and respond with feelings of accomplishment and gratitude as they realize how far they progressed. They typically show compassion for people beneath them and seek ways to help and encourage them. However, when a person is using social comparison to determine their value and to boost their self-esteem, it has a very different outcome. They tend to look down on other people in order to make themselves feel better about their abilities and their self-worth. They might think, well, I may not be great at something, but at least I'm better than someone else. They rejoice when other people fail because prideful comparison says that if you fail, then I succeed. Now, you may be using social comparison to determine your self-worth or to boost your self-esteem without even realizing that you're doing it. So how can you determine which purpose and motivation you have for comparison? It's really quite simple. How do you feel when you compare yourself to others? If your comparisons lead you to feel grateful, content, compassionate, inspired, or motivated to become better, then you are using social comparison to strive for excellence. However, if your comparisons lead you to feel envy, coveting, jealousy, anger, resentment, blame, justification, judgmentalness, bias, dissatisfaction, hatred, guilt, anxiety, or feelings of failure, then you are using prideful comparison to determine your self-worth and to build your self-esteem, even if you don't realize that that is what you are doing. Prideful comparison is not good for anyone, but research shows that it is especially damaging to those who are currently struggling with low self-esteem or depression. So, Here's a question for you. How do you feel after you've spent time on Facebook, Instagram, or other social media? If spending time on social media leads you to compare yourself with others and makes you feel discouraged, stressed, or dissatisfied with your life, then I suggest that you severely limit your time on those platforms because it is a source of stress for you. Later in the book, we'll look at more reliable sources for determining self-worth and building confidence and self-esteem. But for today, our assignment is simply becoming aware of perfectionistic tendencies. The action step is to fill out a chart that lists evidence for and evidence against 
perfectionistic tendencies. I hope you have enjoyed this excerpt from my book, You Got This, An Action Plan to Calm Fear, Anxiety, Worry, and Stress. I feel strongly about the need to help empower people to be resilient and able to handle their problems, so I will continue sharing excerpts from the book in other episodes of Linda's Corner. In closing, I would like to share a quote from an official review from onlinebookclub.org. It says, I could see that the author had to deal with stress both at home and at work, just like I do. And I could see myself in the examples. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thank you.